0: This is Day Class Day with Jay and Jay, where we talk about the risque
1: and something different every day.
0: everyone just wanted to insert a trigger warning we do talk about pedophilia gunplay autoerotic erotic and suicide in this episode uh, especially toward the last 15-20 minutes or so so just want to let you know give you a heads up but i hope you continue to listen and i hope you enjoy the episode talk to you later So I didn't think we would be back here in terms of um, talking about anything Vanderpump Rules related, because to me, I was willing to come to terms with the fact that the franchise was dead. That being said, there is something sinister afoot. And I'm not talking about Sandoval's weird. cat beanie kangle that he's been wearing in the last couple of episodes because that's been pretty freaky because that's pretty fucking bad but I think it's time that we unpack the mystery of Miss Sheena Shea this is not necessarily a deep dive I had to work y'all I didn't have time to do a, a real deep dive But this is definitely a discussion, a major one that has to be had. And this one is tough for me because I like Sheena. But there's something not quite right, particularly with the men she keeps choosing. And if you keep choosing the wrong men, then obviously the problem is probably you.
1: (sighs) You know, they say you are the company you keep. And she keeps
0: horrid company. And she keeps really bad company. So, I mean, we can start off with Shay. But I think we were saying before that there was something you thought pretty um, foul about how the whole. Shane the drug thing went down.
1: Yeah, so to catch you all up to where we're at, in recent times, Jay and I have both, I don't know, you all should know this, but maybe you don't. On our comfort watch list, we both watch Vanderpump Rules. I'd say VPR more than Housewives, honestly. I watch in terms of comfort. It's just something I watch all the time. And I was like, you know what? I could watch season four again. I could. I don't, I don't see why not. Um You know, it's the gift that keeps on giving the entire series up until season seven. I can't vouch for anything after that. But prior to that, you know, there's always a nugget there or something. So I guess I hadn't really processed the fact that when Sheena on season four had revealed that Shay, mere months after they walked down the aisle, jumped the broom, if you will, like she revealed, well, he revealed that he had an addiction to oxys. He's taking like ten a day, you know. He says five, so you got to double. You know, it's ten.
0: He's taking ten a day. And I just sorry, want to interrupt you to say that that is an actual real phenomena. Like when I was in nursing school, they literally taught. I think it's called. They use it generally for like smoking, because like smokers also like don't talk about. But it's called like pack calculation. So if a smoker told you to do that, that they only smoke like one pack, you're supposed to like times it by a certain number. So this is like a real thing it's not just something that people like joke about like whenever somebody who clearly has some sort of addiction issue says that they smoke or drink or pop x amount generally you need to times it and multiply it but continue
1: so <laughs> 10 and he gets sober And then I guess he goes home during his recovery. He really hated LA. That really stuck out to me this time. Is like he, his heart was in Azusa. That's where he wanted to be. He couldn't function in LA. And honestly, around this cast of characters who could function, especially as an addict. But he goes back home. And then when he goes back home, then Sheena chooses to reveal that he's an addict. Now, he's already in recovery. He's already sobered up, whatever his version of recovery is. It's already been addressed in-house prior to the season. And then Sheena brings it on camera regardless. It makes it obviously her plot line. That's,
0: mm. that's not that's good tough. is the least I can say. That's that's tough. Um, definitely a breach of trust. And, and how I, I've
1: missed that all these times I've watched I do not understand and and it was so clear to me and then sh- they all out said it at the reunion and I'm like whoa what excuse me because even now I'm thinking let's go season five when they actually when she files for divorce she does that on camera too and he says you snuck me I had no idea I come home cameras are there you're filing for divorce
0: mm. uh, well okay so it's no shock that Sheena definitely had the the favorable edit in this situation. Um and that's because she was really the main cast member. So whatever, fine. Probably fucked the producer. Who knows? Um, actually, not even probably. It's very likely that she did because <laughs> Sheena Shea has slept with um quite the the catalog of men, but more on that later. Um so I feel like between her favorable edit and then my Sheena Shea Rose Rose glasses on, I was like, yeah, fuck Shay. You know what I mean? Like he's I treated him like everyone else. She's an addict, I guess. Throws him to the wayside.
1: I don't I, go so far as to say I look down on him. Yeah, I'll say it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm
0: not too proud to say that. And so I'm I feel like I need to go back and watch now because I don't remember them framing it in, in that way. It, they, the way that they framed it is that she was lied to and manipulated. And this was like her only way of getting her story and getting some help for Shay.
1: She definitely made it seem like she came home everything was a mess. He strung out on the couch, and she sees a bottle of pills, and she's like, you fucking junkie, and then the next day it's a storyline. That's how it really played out. It seemed as though she was just finding out. Exactly. Meanwhile, she's known for the better half of a year. And they've only been married for like eight months at this point.
0: Which which is is also crazy. Nuts. But like you married him knowing, you know. So but she claims she didn't know it's like it's pretty lethargic. And the way she presented it to Lisa, now I don't mind her like presenting it to Lisa one way when it's really another because I feel like it's Lisa Vanderpump, I wouldn't trust her with my family jewels. Um and um it's your boss and you don't want to look bad because it's just a it's a bad looking situation all around so i feel like you know like producers just took that and ran with it like <laughs> that she had no clue that this man had a pill addiction or whatever it it's pills right it's not an alcohol yeah it
1: was oxy, oxy. or vicodin or something like that all right um and even the way Lisa was talking to him was actually so mm. disgusting, disgusting and so foul. And she's yeah. already disgusting and foul. Mm. Like, I, the way she handled that whole situation, it was really disturbing to me. Like, with these glasses on, I mm. wasn't liking any bit of her story in that. As if I mm. already hated her enough that I'm, re- I'm really upset about that he even said it to her like and this is why people don't want to come out and say they're an addict because people like you
0: treat us like that she just like that exactly now do i feel like he had any business being on a tv show knowing that he's going through things like this no do i feel like you can he can put it all on sheena in that particular way with in terms of like the public exposure at the end of the day sheena shay makes good television because the bitch knows her fucking job. And her job is to give me something to watch. So yes, Sheena is going to exploit and talk about and show every single thing that's going on in her life. I'm sorry that you thought that she would have a little bit more discrepancy. I'm sorry that you thought that she would have some things that she wouldn't talk about. i I feel like after everything that went down with the Eddie Cibriano and Brandy Glanville thing, I feel like that should have let you know, like Sheena's going to lay everything out on the television show. She's not trying to get fired like Kristen, (laughs) (laughs) having to scrounge money with a t-shirt line that no one's ever heard of again. You know, like that's not, Sheena Shea's that Another tourist son criminal at the end of the day. <sighs> so anyway, here is her alleged dating history, just to refresh anyone who might have forgotten. So first we know about Eddie Sibrian. Now this one, she also said that she was dating him for a couple months before she found out that he was married. Peculiar because he was a celebrity, It was something that you could easily look up on Google. Um, So I think we're just gonna go (laughs) ahead and and say that she was lying about that one too. I don't, I mean, how do you go about that? Um,
1: Yeah, I'm sure she found out and still fucked him. I'm sure she didn't know in the beginning, but at one point she definitely knew and was still fucking him.
0: Okay, the next was John Mayer, but that's not really a sh- He's fucked everybody. I'm surprised um, I haven't I have. fucked John Mayer, you know? <laughs> um, if Honestly, if you're a white woman in LA and you haven't fucked John Mayer, it's actually like- You should what? actually
1: feel bad about yourself. Like <laughs> Lala once said, if you're semi-attractive and have a pair of tits in LA, you'll get on a PJ. <laughs> if you are a woman and you have a pulse." You should have fucked John. Not even women woman, because he also fucks men. If you're a person with the poles, I He should have fucked don't know, you <laughs> You should feel bad about yourself. And
0: then, and then obviously Mike Shea, who we um, already discussed. And then we have Rob Belletta, that whole messy ordeal. Robbie Hayes. Oh, I don't. The Robbie thing was so scary. He oh, when, when she was
1: dipping it, dipping When she was dipping in
0: the Bachelor Nation crew. Ugh, mm-hmm. And he's like one of those like two perfect looking people. He looks so perfect, he looks like eventual crystal a little bit A hundred percent. Um, so frightening. Go back and listen to our,
1: <laughs> <laughs> our Halloween episode <laughs> where I reveal that's my phobia.
0: <laughs> i in the episode where we feel that there's Jay's number one phobia right now because <laughs> yeah um, let's see um, the Adam spot thing where she hooks up with him after she tried to hook him up with Brittany so how do you feel about that kind of thing where like a friend tries to like throw you an alley-oop and you're like eh I'm not interested and if that friend starts dating that person
1: Tell if it was like a producer thing where, like, we needed to get Adam on the show and shoehorn him in so he came via Sheena, you know what I mean? And it didn't really mean shit, so like, Mm. not really a big deal, you know,
0: Mm.
1: or was it really that I couldn't tell? It seemed like a producer thing to me, so I was cool with it, but I just am also obsessed with the fact that, like, this whole time she's setting Brit, quote unquote, setting Britney up with Adam Spot. She's also like masturbating under the table, fiending for him. That's funny.
0: I feel like the latter, unfortunately, is more in line with
1: her, we know and her we dating
0: know. history. Yeah, <laughs>
1: she's <laughs> also not gonna
0: frame it like that. But I have a like
1: a little fun story time. It's from a different podcast. I forget which podcast, but somebody um, that was a close friend of Sheena's. Talked about being at Jackson Britney's wedding, and yeah. if you all will remember, Sheena that night fucked some tall bald dude. But I guess she had an iron in the fire for Shep from Southern Charm. So mm-hmm. I, you know, I guess they've already gone there, so it's on the table. And so her friend. Didn't know, I, don't, I guess she wasn't aware that Shep was off the table tonight. So her friend was kind of like angling for Shep and Sheena pulled her aside and was like, okay, but like, by the way, he's who I plan to fuck if no one else, you know, lands. So you can't with him tonight. Mm. Mm. Really telling of her character, mm. I believe. Greedy when it comes greedy. to me, for sure.
0: Just a greedy pussy. Just, it's just Oh, a gaping hole that has to be filled clearly. Like she's it like one not of those.
1: be satiated. She's been <laughs> searching her whole life.
0: It's <laughs> a quite that literally hurt. a succubus. Okay. And take a shot as many times as you mentioned that on this podcast here. Some people are just succubus. Succubi? Anyway, so <laughs> her next one on her list is Max um not that they, they really had like a relationship but remember that whole like weird season thread again was no that who max is max La- max boyans the um he was like the manager for tom tom he got fired after
1: <gasps> the season oh how yeah. my brain has erased that season that is crazy it was like i had literally therapy to
0: <laughs> you were lobotomized. Yeah, I was lobotomized,
1: and you saying that just <sighs> oh, weird. Shit. something really deep inside of me evolved.
0: Somebody came to up to you with the men in black camera pen and just erased that season from you. Yeah, completely. Here I am, tr- like sending you. I love you to saying dance.
1: Max Boyett as if that would suddenly bring. <laughs> <a bell. laughs> like he's Denzel, Denzel Washington, like girl because, you know, <laughs> I love that
0: crazy first of all if I say the name Denzel fuck a last name if I say the word Denzel, oh, no. no 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 no, no, no because
1: Denzel her. Dion baby don't do that
0: all right but girl but the first Denzel you should be thinking of it should really be Washington
1: Let's be it's clear. crazy Let's get... mine goes to Dion so you would have to and that's crazy for
0: because we need to get Denzel Washington his fucking flowers <laughs> anything okay
1: it's See, not appropriate uh, meant- that my mind goes there but I'm sure others can relate
0: uh, I don't think the people who listen to this podcast can, but I don't know what the crossover and the
1: Venn diagram percentage would be of listeners of ours and listeners of Denzel Dion, but I don't feel like it's too off.
0: Well, anyway, I meant to send you um, a post. He did like one of those, like, you know, there's a whole bunch of like 10 year challenges going around. Um, classic, you know, once the new year. And um, he did one and obviously his is, like transformative because like, he's just a whole completely different bitch from 10 years ago. He's um, fucking the,
1: gorgeous now. I cannot
0: stand. He's he's skinny, he's living, he's fashionable. he's rich. I mean, what else? He's
1: funny, he's got niggas, like he has it. Oh, he's rich. Oh, he's booked. Ah! I'm sorry, I'm
0: freaking out. Anyway. But like, anyway. what's also funny about the Max Boyens thing is that if I wasn't looking exactly at a picture of him as I said it, if you have- <laughs> Max Boyens, duh. Okay. <laughs> if sure. you had said Max Boyens to me without this picture next to you, I too would have been like, hmm? <laughs> <laughs> truly a fucking blip on the radar. But these Vanderpump Rules bitches were all over this man. So whatever. Yeah, he had um, a Gerard de Bieber that apparently I missed out on. It's just one of those where it's like clearly in person because people say it about Kristen as well that's something I believe about it her though.
1: In I can see that she has a magnetism that I could understand translating in person but Max uh, with, the, with the shaking the death Cosmo tattoo on the forearm I'm thinking no
0: anyway and he's racist so works um, out for me
1: <laughs> I believe the word he wanted to say was nigga <laughs> <would that> <laughs> Was so sorry funny. i took an adderall today guys
0: i'm on one yeah sorry. Um, is it supposed to help you focus but it's fine anyway um it does it helps
1: me focus but then that make means all my energy is going in the same thing do you know what i mean
0: <laughs> if that makes any sense
1: adderall heads I, out there you know
0: um i'm about to become an adderall head personally um because i really have i was so ooh, backstory i was um Watching Euphoria last night, and we'll talk about Euphoria too because it was pretty. It was a great premiere, in my opinion. It really was. Um. So I was watching it at work last night. Why was I watching it at work? I know completely inappropriate, but anyway, my coworker was like, "Did you watch it?" I was like, "I didn't get a chance to." I was talking about it. She's like, "We're gonna put it on right now." I said, "Okay." So somehow everybody came over to like the break room and was like watching it, and um.
1: you could turn in this footage to your um psychiatrist to vouch for why you need it
0: oh the fact first of all the fact that I forgot briefly what I was like the point I was making is honestly proof enough that I need to send this footage over anyway the point I was gonna make is that while we were watching it I guess I was getting distracted by other things or like just not paying attention, but paying attention. The way I watch TV is that I don't focus my eyes on the screen the whole entire time. And I think a lot of us millennials are like that. So I was like picking up my nails at one point. I'm like writing, I'm like charting, you know, I'm like doing my job at the same time too. And my coworker's like, you're like a terrible TV watcher. And I was like, you know what? Yeah. kind of am. Um, if I can't like sit, and that's why I need something that's like recorded already that I can like rewind it pause it come back to it because I will easily miss something and I'm like fuck so all to say I need Adderall
1: and that's really why I like to also not to (laughs) not this is not a drug promotion pod um but that's also why I like to smoke and watch tv is because like I'm smoking so that's what I'm doing so I won't get distracted if I'm smoking and watching tv I can only watch tv
0: like okay i mean
1: actively smoking not like high like literally okay
0: because i was gonna say if i'm high already i'll either be super focused or i'll just be sleeping i'll end up falling asleep it's really no in between
1: (sighs) because i don't like to miss stuff i like to be phones down and phones down is easy for me but it is more so like i will find other things but i don't like to miss shit in the show either every show i feel like nowadays you can't put you can't look away for a fucking second or you to miss something.
0: Uh, right. And Euphoria is definitely like that. Like you look yeah. away for a second, you're like oh fuck. Like you missed one honestly, look like at each whole... other
1: means something completely. So you cannot miss that. Yeah.
0: Right. You miss like a whole season's worth of plot line. Honestly, just <laughs> missing out on one scene. Exactly. But um I mean since we're on euphoria, just a brief blur. Did you you finished it right? hmm So what are you rating? How do you think the season's gonna go? I just wanna say that my only critique of euphoria, which is the critique I'm sure everyone has heard, it's tried and true, whatever. Why couldn't these people be college students? I will never understand, except for the fact that the people that are in production of this show are probably pedophiles, as a lot of people are in the TV film industry, because the content it just seems, I don't want to say unreal, because I know that teenagers take drugs and do, do dumb shit and have parties and drink and drive and all the other these things. You know, people were on Twitter saying like, I went to euphoria like high school. Da, da, da. I'm like, all right, fine. You're one in like a dozen, one in a million, whatever. I just don't think that this is like really the high school reality. <laughs> for many a people.
1: Like not everything all together, like the odds of all of this happening within like a few people at one school is really wild. They definitely picked <laughs> all of the craziest people in their grade and focused on them. And I'm sure everyone else lives a normal life, you know?
0: Right. Um, but yeah, but I would just have been more comfortable about, it. I felt like I was like watching college students I mean, it's, I don't know. That's just me personally. But that's because I'm not a pedophile. So it, to me, it's like not interesting to me. And then I see Drake on it as like an executive producer. And I'm like, mm, their tracks. Like, you know, because he's already been linked to having very young broads, which now they were on Drake. I just have to make very young. Hitter. Let's
1: call them underage. <laughs> Why call them young when we could call them what they are, which is underage?
0: They're Young underage children, um, all those three things. I'm gonna make another pivot from our pivot. We will get back to <laughs> fucking sheet of shade, but there's juicier things ahead. So our friend sent us this this story about Drake. Um, shout out I'm to sure Ken. Love you, Ken. Love you, girl. Not sure if you guys have heard, but um. <laughs> I'm just going to read blurb. Yeah, why not? So the the title says Instagram model ready to sue after Drake allegedly put Hassel's in the car. Allegedly, Drake and the IG model allegedly, so they put it twice. (laughs) Someone's very worried about being sued. Uh, Met up on Instagram and the two decided to link up a few weeks ago. The model and Drake had a romantic encounter and what happened next was, well, Crazy. After the party, they went back to his hotel. They smoked weed for a bit and he asked if she wanted to have sex. Consensual king. Okay, maybe. She said um he was very intent on ensuring things were consensual. See, uh, they started with a bit of foreplay. He rubbed and sucked her titties for a bit. Not sure why we had to get that detail, but okay. He then went to the bathroom because they had to
1: contextualize it. the foreplay. And you know what? I would have rather them not, because the foreplay was way, 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 way below. What I needed it to be in terms of excitement, I was really Mm. disappointed by that detail. But you can continue.
0: I mean, he has a cancer moon. You know, they like titties. So anyway, he then went. Okay, and he could
1: eat some pussy too while he's at it and get his dick sucked. I mean, what's,
0: Why is he off the table? Sure that happened. They should have mentioned it in the foreplay. I just refused to believe he literally rubbed her and sucked her tit and then was like ready to go. Either of them. Like, Either we I mean, need to sue who
1: wrote this or we need to sue him. Either way, something's
0: going to get sued. <laughs> something's not quite right. I'm so sorry, guys. We're like, we have like very coke energy tonight. And I don't do it. I don't do coke. Just like y'all know. But we're like not focused at all. Anyway. He then went to the bathroom and came out with a condom on. She said he's about seven inches thick and cut. They fucked for about 20 minutes. He mostly hit it from the back and eventually came inside the condom. Immediately after he went back into the bathroom to dispose of it. Now this is where she fucked up. She fished the condom out of the trash, untied it, put it in the opening and put the opening end into her vagina and boy was she in for a surprise. She said it felt like pouring hot lava into her pussy she screamed and drake ran into the bathroom he admitted that he poured a packet of hot sauce in the condom to kill his sperm.
1: and again the detail i'm obsessed with is him not even being like what the fuck you trying to do that like him being like oh yeah no i put hot sauce in there like it's fine it just happens every because day and nothing
0: this new. happens all the time nothing new this has happened many times They're ambitious trying to turkey base themselves on a daily basis. One of them got away with it, hence Adonis. (laughs) Um, To me, the funniest detail, honestly, was the packet of hot sauce. Not even like, you know, you just had like a bottle, you just like put a couple drops in there, like a packet. (laughs) I don't know why the word packet in that case was like. And for some
1: reason I'm seeing like a Taco Bell fire sauce. When you say packet. (laughs) <laughs> so I, like I say, what did I, I think was-
0: of Euphoria? <laughs> yeah, I was like, I just wanted to share that Drake is out here putting hot sauce and condoms, and bitches are out here pouring hot sauce into their vaginas Bye. Um, Bye. by proxy. Yeah, yeah. So, what did you think about Euphoria? Minus my disgust, the fact that they're high schoolers. Honestly, if I stop watching the show, that's probably why. Because I, it, I feel very conflicted. I love. One of the characters but he's like older than them so it's also like why is he around it's just all confusing to me but all that to say what did you think about the mayor
1: right and I don't mean to bring up age because we're already there but it does blur the lines in terms of like you know the girl that does the pornhub stuff and then it's like like you said Fez is hanging out with these young kids and it's like getting a number but like can you get a number here i and like i don't know like cassie's boyfriend is in college and she's in high school like just i mean and people have that that's not like that's never happened before but the lines are so blurred on the age thing and they just don't ever clear anything up for us to make us feel right about it and also they're very sexualized and like what if i wouldn't have touched myself myself to the show oh i can't because it's high school kids and i feel weird about that
0: it's like Like, they're high school kids but they're not high school kids and that also to me kind of creates like this kind of disconnect because
1: very distant handle of them
0: you know and I feel like and maybe it's just different for me because I have sisters that are kind of around this age or growing into this age and I don't and I like and you know like I have talks with them about like body image and things like that and I don't want them to feel like you know at 15 16 you're gonna have tits like Sydney Sweeney like that's just like not probably gonna happen like you're you're you might not fill out a body suit like alexa demi like that's okay because these bitches are not teenagers themselves so it's kind of like again like having these teenagers having these adults play teenagers but then they're older more sexualized and you know it's just like weird also didn't i tell you that sydney sweeney had great tits and we got to see them in the episode i, thought I know amazing. i felt really
1: Great about Amazing seeing that because as you know, I had no idea she had tits the whole first season.
0: I so told you, no, they're great, and it's so funny because my co-worker said the same thing. I'm like, oh my god, see, we're here. Her, she has a great rack that's a rack because they look great. She didn't have a bra on, I was like, wow, anyway. Um, and they were sitting really people-
1: high up, I was really jealous. Um, but she's a all teen, the- can I say that? So, you know, all of that. <laughs> she's Um, not a teen so I don't know it's cognitive dissonance for sure yeah I liked I liked the show I watched it kind of the after well I liked the show overall and I didn't think I thought the premiere was cool what did I think of what's to come on the show I don't know the trailer is kind of druggy, so like it's really hard to tell what they're trying to show me I can't it's not Mm -hmm. like a housewives trailer where you can tell what's coming up in the season based on the Mm -hmm. trailer it's more so, like, just an aesthetics trailer.
0: Some mm-hmm. shots
1: that we can look forward to seeing. No context.
0: <laughs> um, yeah.
1: So, whatever that fucking means.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, I... What else? I like that Jules is back. I like that it was New Year's. It felt timely. I thought that was a really nice play. So, people who watched it, you know, now versus later mm-hmm. get that. Um, and then the director's cut or whatever they were talking about starting with new year's because they wanted the show to feel different and it's like really easy for them to continue doing what they've been doing and just like even the way the like what film they shoot on and everything they've tried to change but keep it within the realm so mm-hmm. that was just kind of interesting they felt like new year's was a great way to signify that because it is this weird tradition of like everything's supposed to change at midnight on this random day
0: right so this random day that doesn't line up with anything with anything correct
1: so um (coughs) yeah so all that to say I was I liked it um in terms of the character you like Fez. just to say a note I made to myself there's a lot of wiggas in this show because even like those Mm. guys they pulled up in the first scene they were doing some sort of black scent
0: the executive producer is a wigger himself okay okay thank you that makes sense (laughs) yes i do like Fez probably because he's a wigger and um i think i actually think he's cute and that's a lot for me because well i won't name the obvious here but uh
1: you know he is kind of (laughs) cute there's something like babyish in his face too that makes him like he's rough but kind of Boyish,
0: kind of not. I think it's mm-hmm. lashes. They like a pretty full lash line. Mm-hmm. I was thinking his uh-huh. eyes it was like baby doll eyes. hmm In either event, one I heard that they pulled fez like off the fucking streets of like either it was like San Francisco, like the Bay, or it was like Florida. I can't remember which coast it was, but they like pulled him randomly off the streets. And was like, do you want to do this this job? We like your look. And he was like, okay. So I always love a storyline like that. Um, this new interest that Rue seems to be into her little her drug, drug buddy. Um, can't quite remember his name, but slash, did we get a name? Um, he was an aspiring rapper. And they were like, that's cool, but we like your look for this instead. And so now he's on the show doing that, so. Oh, cool. Right. Also, I don't know, well, I'm sure you remember, um, the ending, like the whole that fancy camera work in the ending with the film. Apparently like, they called like Kodak Films. Or yes, something. I heard that in
1: the director's cut, yes.
0: Okay, yeah, right, my, my friend was telling me, call Kodak Films to get, in case y'all don't know, Um, I guess the rights to like a certain type of film, this like aged film look or something like that um which is cool and they have to rebuild their
1: factory like a whole production line just to remake it because they don't make it anymore right crazy um
0: and that's how like hbo shows because hbo got money so you're going to see quality
1: it's prestige television i mean what do you expect we pay money
0: for this shit exactly and it shows Um. Yeah. So, if back to our old time to rate it, I would give it like a nine. I was thoroughly entertained.
1: Yeah, I was into it. I liked um Nate and Cassie hooking up, kind of ish. Liked it. Yeah, I did for the storyline. Like, yeah, for the
0: storyline. But like, I don't know if I could hook up beyond the fact that it's like your friend's like ex. He also choked the bitch out. But I can't quite remember. I don't think she shared that he choked her out.
1: It's a real Jax-Kristen scenario because also her ex is his best friend. It's all connected. It's her best friend. His best friend. Mm-hmm. It was very Jackson Kristen and Kristen to
0: me. So I mm-hmm. just, I like
1: that. Speaking of VPR, I just really liked that. Yeah,
0: Because um, I had heard ahead of time that Nate got his ass beat, but I was wondering by whom? And then I was like, oh, maybe it was by, like the best friend boyfriend. And then no, it was my boy, but it's fine.
1: Fezco. Whatever Fezco. that means.
0: Fezco and Ashtray, y'all. Um,
1: I'm glad they did his origin story. I like the format of starting with an origin story every episode. And mm-hmm. I like that they did his because I hadn't realized we hadn't seen it.
0: Mm-hmm. And I liked his. That grandma, she was, that bitch ate no crumbs left. Okay. She said, I have a one episode arc. I'm going to do what I got to do. I like that. Um, did you give it a number?
1: I'm cool with a nine. I don't see why not.
0: Okay.
1: And I like um, Rue, you know, doing heroin.
0: Ugh. What was very unclear is if she snorted it or injected it. And I'm really hoping just snorted it. Um, yeah, and not use like a, a snorter, and not use a dirty fucking needle. Um, and some, you know, people on Twitter were making jokes. They were like, "I would not want to be high with Rue because the bitch would blow your high." Talking about, can you take my fucking pulse? No. Yeah, I, I love
1: when he was like, "Are you serious?"
0: <laughs> <laughs> like, no, I don't want to take your fucking pulse. Like, I would be blown. So next thing you know you're gonna
1: ask me to administer narcan like i don't have time for this,
0: (laughs) you know and and she essentially did she was like pass me the adderall that'll get my heartbeat back up i'm bradycardic right now let's pick it up i mean and it works it's smart (laughs) how long will it work for we'll find out but yeah so we'll see we shall see i'll keep watching I will try to ignore my innate disgust uh, <laughs> and that's that. So pivoting all the way back to Sheena Shea who has nothing to do with Euphoria or Drake.
1: A 360, you know what? Let's link it. <laughs> Sheena, <laughs> remember when Sheena was pulling that look, she was going a very Maddie look like trying um, to. Mm-hmm pants with the slits and a lot of high ponies and some blue mm-hmm. eyeshadow I believe was even pulled out at one point so yes yeah, Sheena mm-hmm. was, I believe Sheena's a watcher of Euphoria
0: <laughs> okay thank you for that link um, mm-hmm. <laughs> so the, the man of the hour that we really want to talk about is not Michael Shea it's not Max Boyan oh, also,
1: just before we move on for Summer House watchers she's also fucked Carl Radke
0: Continue. What a bitch. Yeah. So we're not trying to focus on any of those other people. But we do want to talk about Mr. Brock Davies. Now things have been unfolding. These past couple episodes. If you haven't been watching. If you've been living under a rock. Basically we find out. That Brock has two children back home in Australia that he is not in contact with, that he does not financially support or anything.
1: Who my we theory do not even know that he is their biological father, continue.
0: Um, one of them apparently has another seasonal name. Was it winter? Mm -hmm. I think her name is. So that's also like a really weird bone of contention. It's a really little detail but kind of a big one in my opinion. Because in their minds, so they say they were honoring the sister and like, oh, like your winter, I'm going to give you a summer. But when you don't take care of said child, talk to said child or anything it's a little bit weird. And so not only does he have these children that he doesn't talk to or take care of, but, but he also was married before previously and has like, some sort of like domestic violence suit against him that he was actually found guilty of.
1: And a restraining order.
0: And a restraining order from said suit. So, honestly, a lot to unpack.
1: So, like, the man we knew as Hot Brock, you know, like, is not a good person. Let's just put that out there Mm. first. I mean, Mm. I
0: feel feel like it's a revelation
1: here. It's pretty bad. It's, it's,
0: it's, I feel deceived. I'm not going to lie. I do too. And, and and I'm coming for blood now (laughs) because you did what I consider my number one, my number one rule. Don't have me out here looking stupid. And Brock Davies had me out here looking stupid by calling him hot Brock and saying that he's such a wonderful guy that Sheena Shea finally leveled up and finally got somebody who's worth shit. He is not worth shit. And to me, that's hard to deal with. And so now we have Sheena Shea back where she belongs, defending herself and defending her man, because that's generally where she tends to lie. In this case, she keeps saying that Brock is like an amazing father. He's trying his best to contact them. Um, what else was she saying? That he was young and dumb in terms of the like domestic violence spat.
1: So, like, did you watch that episode that was after the one we watched together?
0: Um, Remind me what happened. That's the The one where he actually buys the ring. Oh, no. Okay, so tell the people about it. Okay, so
1: he buys the Morganite ring, which, you know, is a huge point of contention for me because I feel as though if you're going to spend 20K on a fucking ring, just get a small diamond Why get a huge Morganite. I don't know. Ooh. That that makes no sense to me. He buys that, you know, he puts it on, you know, four or five different credit cards. He gets them from Kyle Chan, who is the same guy who made um, fuck yes. Schwartz's and Jack's yes. Bartonies. So, you know, he's not in this world enough to know Kyle Chan. So obviously he know, he knows to seek out Kyle Chan. How does he know that? I don't know fan it for yourself so then it's revealed that he's going to have the secret wedding since the venue didn't come through on you know the original plan he's going to just have the secret wedding at Raquel and James's engagement party like sneak off tell no one and do it and then tell people like a month or two later that Wait, they is did
0: this that. the same and, episode where he was talking about doing the engagement, the wedding, all in one? Yeah,
1: no, but he had to retool from that because he didn't have the money for that.
0: <laughs> I guess,
1: again, he thought Lala or Tom Randall Sandler were going to pick up the slack, which was most of the tab. And they didn't, so <laughs> oh, he tab. had to adjust and he's like instead he's like I looked online the venue Raquel and James have chosen is very nice so I could use it and Tom Sandoval is an ordained minister so he can do it and uh-uh. Ariana can be the witness
0: my so thing like, is that's why pretty do you want- tacky no beyond the tacky fuck the tacky I mean that's the, the least of our problems here why do you want to or need to get married so bad, so fast, so quick. What's I going mean, on? I mean, you know why. The,
1: what's up with the Are green the Australian
0: card? feds after him? Okay, yeah.
1: The green card. The shit is already on the fritz with him. He's got cases. He has restraining orders. <clears throat> he can't. He's not <clears throat> trying to roll the dice here in America. <clears throat> He's painting America as this land of opportunity. He's not going to squander it, you know? <sighs> wow. So all of that was pretty weird. Mm-hmm. um does it happen i don't know i guess we'll have to keep watching i don't know has sheena said do you know if sheena's married to the guy
0: um i don't think she is i haven't heard anything i feel like we would have known okay
1: we'll see what if it happens on the show and that's the reveal that'd be shitty <laughs> that yeah?
0: talk about tacky
1: it would line mm-hmm. up to his character and her so is it tacky? Fuck. Yeah. Right. So I wouldn't be shocked if that's the case.
0: Fuck. That makes me really sad. Um. It
1: does. It's a real downer, and I don't like it one bit. And it makes me wish she was still with fucking Shay. Honestly.
0: Damn. Who else who else i mean i never thought i would say the day that you know shay was her the front runner best, in all of this yeah <laughs> the best guy she's dated so she's
1: on the same list as eddie sibrian and fucking john Mayer, <laughs> fucking jesse metcalf we put shay at number one that says a lot Mm. So i don't know what's going on with sheena man
0: so sheena is the problem
1: her mother's no help her mother's one of those mom who wants to be a cool mom she won't yeah tell sheena what's up
0: but it's interesting that she's the mom mom's anti-brock
1: Ugh, yeah, and that arguing with the mom is not a good looking.
0: Which, honestly, should have been sign number one. I can't have you sitting here arguing with my mom. That is so unattractive. Because I'm not even saying that my mom is going to be right. 100% of the time.
1: She's not. I can tell you right now.
0: But... <laughs> and she has no business, quite frankly, putting in this much input in our relationship. The problem is, is that you have her at your house babysitting and doing all this work. So she feels like she's entitled to have all this opinion. But the going back and forth with her is that just like would not.
1: It's not going to fly.
0: Fly with me. It's also that lost on me that Sheena Shea has the same... Sun and Moon as Lou and And I think y'all should let that simmer for a bit <laughs> because there are some similarities with both of them. And I'm not just talking the singing career. Um, but in terms of the men that they date and how they don't care how they get them, don't care if they're married. Like, don't care. Huh. Who's the better version of it?
1: Sheena or Luann?
0: Well, I mean, I'm going to go with Luann because at least she got the count down for some hours. Some hours. Some years. That was a solid land, a solid deal. Yeah, I just read the
1: chapter, the New York chapter of um, Not All Diamonds and Mm Rosé. And it's just funny. They talked about also the moment, obviously, where Barbara Kay had that hot mic moment speaking to Carol, saying that Luann was going to go through with the wedding regardless. She'd rather go through and then get a divorce than not. And I guess part of that thinking was very Kim K of her, was that she had already sold the rights to people to, you know, get first looks and first photos and do a spread and da-da-da, which is why Bravo also didn't film it. Mm. So that's just, it's little tidbits like that that really make me love that book. It's not, you know, it comes through Andy's production house, I'll say that. So it's not going to... Be as scathing as I would want it to be. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I'm fiending for like drug talk and stuff. They're not really. They'll acknowledge drugs every once in a while, but they're not saying blah blah blah. Taking a fucking ecstasy this night and da da da. Like they were all doing rails. Like that's not the level that they're talking. But they are speaking very cool in terms of production behind the scenes. The way the women think of their episodes and how they'll talk about stuff. Like, I guess once Bethany left, Dorinda told Leah, I'm gonna be the new Bethany. Like, just watch. Uh -uh. Which is why she Uh -uh. went so hard against Tinsley's, because she was trying, she thought that would be her Bethany cosplay. Just stuff like that. It's really interesting. Weird. Weird. But all that Uh to say, Luann really, everyone obviously agrees that Luann really got out of hand that season where she was standing in front of her cabaret poster looking at herself and bethany blew up on her and stuff Mm -hmm. but they said the good thing about luann which also is something about china is that they're really willing to apologize and move forward and say i'm wrong and so like let's keep going and that goes a long way
0: because they know they're criminals at the end of the day Hmm. Really i'll fascinating. never get that, that whole dorinda bit though that you told about answer. dorinda i'll just never get over the dorinda story of course of course
1: dorinda was really high on the hog in this book she was really feeling herself and really acknowledging that she's a great character on the show it was really hmm. crazy like some of them like didn't even like alexis bellino who you know i is a great character to me like she wasn't really talking about how great of a character she was Mm -hmm. on the other hand Dorinda is like I give it all and she would always acknowledge like after that scene I just knew that was going to be a great episode because I'm so good at this
0: Uh,
1: wow it's crazy I mean and she
0: was a good character until she Mm -hmm.
1: until she did the most I don't know and like Aviva was the worst at it though Aviva in terms of thinking about the show she always she thought of it as an acting job like genuinely <laughs> <laughs> which you can tell I mean like with hindsight it's really obvious that she's acting all the whole time and um she was really shocked at the reception she got like she really thought people were going to really respond positively to her and just love like the white trash thing like she just knew people were going to die for that and then she was like wait what that really threw her off
0: uh, like throwing your tape your leg across the table like you thought that was like gonna
1: she thought that was going to save her job of course <laughs> <laughs> it didn't <It's> so <laughs> too... <laughs> that's funny
0: it's the idea of you throwing your prosthetic across the table so that you don't get fired
1: it's the idea of you know you go through the season and you're not enough in the storyline that was also like the um writer girl season and but gate and she, like, that fizzled out really quickly. So after that, they had, there was a point in time where she was taken out of the opening credits and they just didn't even show her at all because she wasn't really in it, the storyline, which is really petty. But yeah, so she, like, while she's filming it, she's aware enough that she knows shit is not good. So the like, leg, she knew she had to come hard.
0: Oh my God, I would hate to have to fight for my career like that. <laughs> she
1: was, like, either... They say, okay, whatever, let's forgive her. And then I go in with that because obviously a big theme throughout the story is that women really run their course when they put their foot down and say they're not gonna film with certain people or they're really stubborn or they won't apologize. Like, that's not good. That doesn't push the story forward. So she was thinking if they say they're cool with forgiving me, I'll, you know, behave accordingly. If not, I'll throw my leg and, you know, whatever.
0: (laughs) (laughs) i hate that it had to come down to those things for her i hate Um, that
1: it boiled down to that either act or act and throw your leg
0: wow well yeah
1: the story is really good
0: so we don't know if her and brock are married um, we don't know if they're like waiting on like this kind of like plot line reveal. I, I, I imagine if they are married that it's extremely hard for Sheena to watch people criticize Brock on a daily basis. That's probably really tough. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Which is why she's defending him, but this is nothing new to her. She's used but, to yeah, like you said. But this
0: is like a normal position she's in. Yeah. She loves to defend who she's with because she has no choice because she chooses men that need defending, quite frankly. She
1: knows all of these skeletons in his closet. Remember when, after she found out, when Lala said at Lisa's house, like, Sheena, you don't want me to say what I know. And then Sheena was like, what did he tell you? And she, like, really broke character a minute and was like, bitch, what the fuck? I know he has a lot of skeletons. Which one do you know about? Uh. And the way she texts him, like, wow, you really tell Lala about that shit? I'm like, damn. Sheena has to live Um, in fear that her man is going to be exposed for one of the nasty acts he's done. (laughs) One of many. (laughs) Like, sick. I could hide a secret or two for you, but I can't hide your whole life.
0: Right. Yeah. Fuck. Well. I don't know. I mean, I don't know do you have anything else that you want to share that you think about? I mean, I don't know where, I just don't see them breaking up.
1: Are we pivoting topics or we're staying on
0: Sheena? I mean, pivot if you want to pivot.
1: So someone that we talk about, in our off time but we don't really we've alluded to her here a few times but I believe it's time to talk about her and her name is Ari Fletcher and that's the real Kyle sister on Twitter if you know about Tay and his escorts allegedly you know about all of them Ari is one of them da, 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 whatever that's backstory mm-hmm. so this whole thing with and if you all don't know Ari went on a podcast and she she does do a lot of bird behavior. I won't deny. I love a bird. So who am I to say I, I don't see it though? Um, But things took a turn for the worse. They took a Drea Michelle turn when she revealed that she would like her man to pull the gun out on her when she tries to leave him.
0: I immediately thought Sopranos, but continue.
1: Also, immediately thought of her ex, G. Herbo. Mm. Mm, that's instantly what I thought. It was reading, because Drea also, it reads their victims of it, and so the, mm-hmm. that like low-key makes them feel safe. Like, they feel safe and violent in disturbed mm-hmm. times. Mm-hmm. It was really dark. To me, it was really sad. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, they don't see it as that, but yeah and then she's Ree, from Chicago
0: yeah you know he
1: did what she did to Drea um and she snatched that savage ex ambassador ambassadorship I don't know what we would call it um away and I was just thinking I wanted to hear your thoughts on that
0: um I mean I don't disagree so some people were saying like oh Rihanna took there were there were multiple opinions one people one people one thing people were saying was like oh ari don't need this deal and i thought "Mm, speak for yourself i think ari can use all the coins she gets i'm not saying that she's broke um i don't think that she is but i think that that was probably a nice passive easy income that she no longer has it, it a wasn't nice paying chunk well of change
1: money. that you're missing out on for sure
0: right i'm like if it wasn't paying well people wouldn't be doing it because there's so many people doing it so it's obviously paying a decent amount so let's get that straight number one number two people were saying um you know oh well rihanna got back with chris herself so like why does she go this hard and i think that's a very like circular argument because we know i mean not that i think that these people are that are commenting this are aware of this much critical analysis. But we know that victims of domestic violence tend to go back to their partners. Because again, like you just said earlier, that's where they feel safe. It's what they know. You know what I mean? Sometimes it's maybe you don't feel safe there, but it's what you know. So sometimes what I know might be better than what I think could possibly come my way. Um, And I'm sure Chris Brown sweet talked her, sweet saying her. (laughs) <laughs> serenaded her into coming back,
1: right? And I don't think it's not necessary to say drugs are on the table. So when well, you're drug right. buddies, that takes your love to another level.
0: Yeah, he was your drug buddy. So I, I, yeah. How high on coke were they both that night? That infamous night that changed both their lives? Unclear.
1: First of all, the rails were flowing that night. Ooh, the the weed, weed and the lies? rails were gone. Like, oh my God, I would have killed. For sure. I would have killed to know how quickly they went through an eight ball that night. Would have killed.
0: Yeah.
1: Ugh. Th- these are the details I need.
0: So, I thought those arguments that people were making were a bit like, because the bottom line, what Ari was saying was pretty fucking disgusting. I'm not gonna take it away oh it was
1: gutter shit it was actually foul go
0: on her live and and people were commenting like hey like you shouldn't say these things like I've been a a victim of domestic violence like it's not it's not okay the she's like we don't care no one wants to hear about your story I don't care like that's pretty crazy to say and it's not even and I know you felt that because you said that shit on live, like on camera. It wasn't even like you commented, like, I don't care. You like verbally stated, like, I don't care. We don't care. Like you're supposed to be to on you. here
1: having your moment of contrition. and You take that to say you don't give a fuck. This is not the time for you to do, and that's her character and I get that. And that's like her, her bit. So like, whatever, that's fine. But this is the time where that doesn't apply. So you gotta give that up she,
0: even if she had done like a whole uh, like uh, like even if she had done one of those like well obviously I'm not trying to talk about women that are actually in like domestic violence situations like this is me saying this between people who are health I mean but like is that between people who are healthy adults that's why she couldn't say it I guess. Um, because no one in a healthy relationship would just pull out a gun for fucking fun. And the reason why, if there's anybody who doesn't watch The Sopranos, why I said The Sopranos, because um, Tony's sister, Janice, in <laughs> one of the scenes with her man before, you know, he got clapped. Um, spoiler alert. <laughs> I, I don't know, if it, was it her fetish or his fetish? That he likes- to-
1: definitely his. Definitely his, because the, he it also likes- He had a lot of things he liked in the bedroom.
0: Yeah. Um, He liked to, like, hold a gun up to her head while he was, like, fucking her. Um,
1: That That sort of gunplay and foreplay is just, you know, I have a cousin who's very much so into that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And it's great that she's shedding a light on there are women that are like that but also like it's it's really scary that that's the reality some people love that I mean everyone has their their itch that's disgusting and embarrassing but that one is obviously violent so it's it's scary
0: that one right you know I'm not here to want to yuck anyone's yums I mean if that's what gets you that's what gets you I mean we can theoretically unpack everyone's fetishes like there's of course obviously some unhealthy pace place place um for a lot of fetishes um and so you know what i mean so like i'm not gonna like go into a whole analysis with it but i do think that there is no way that you can tell me that someone is into gunplay and has not been in some sort of violent situation. There's just no way. I would, if there's anybody out there, I mean, I don't know if you're going to mention it now, but if there's anyone out there that's into gunsling and has not had been exposed to any liquor violence in their life, I would be very intrigued to know. Because this one in particular to me, just, it doesn't sit. Quite right because i feel like the risks are higher than the reward like this is not no like dirty talk i like really nasty shit like that's like okay whatever
1: i want to take well, an um... even darker pivot actually um mm-hmm. i mean we're here <laughs> i mean we're called de classe and so like this is a warning beforehand we've already gone into a place and i'm actually going to take it way further than you think so just know that and if this is the end of the episode we're glad we had you for this long if not here's the thing so auto erotic asphyxiation right so like that thing you know i was
0: really thinking that same thing but continue
1: okay cool mm-hmm. um So that whole notion, and I'll explain it if you all aren't familiar, but it's the sensation of like how people like choking in the bedroom, but it's like usually taking an object and wrapping it around your neck and being on the verge of true like, like lynching kind Mm -hmm. of, but like jacking off at that moment. And apparently that feeling of being near choke, I mean, near like unable to breathe and also- jacking off just makes it, it's a true high. Um, So people dabble in it. And I think it seems as though that is something that people don't do in real life. Um, And I mean, this is really alleged, really, really, really alleged, but I've heard a time or two that do you remember Anthony Bourdain? Mm-hmm. I've heard that was perhaps the cause of death. Mm. And I'm gonna, if, if we're already here, I'm gonna take it a step further. Um, and this one is like beyond again, like I'm so glad we're called day Declasse where I can say these sort of low life things. Um, perhaps Robin Williams as well
0: that doesn't shock me though it doesn't no and and i'm gonna venture to say that even that fetish to me is a little different than gunplay because with that fetish i think i can understand the like the anatomy behind it like the biochemical release of feeling lightheaded you know chasing that
1: high yeah
0: I can understand that more than the gunplay. I get the gunplay is like maybe like a rush of adrenaline. I'm
1: going to say it's more of a psychological thriller, the
0: gunplay. Yes, that's probably, I mean, and that's probably what it is. But to me, I feel like, can we not do like knife play? I feel like a, a knife to my neck is a little different than a gun because that can go off accidentally. <laughs> and it's the same thing with the um asphyxiation, like you can end your life accidentally right because... and
1: that's part of also it's
0: i guess the, rush. Of the
1: thrill of it too is okay. that so
0: that's oh, well i guess that's how you know that i don't have it because i'm like i can't even conceptualize the the rush You're behind
1: teetering it. on the edge yeah of full out asphyxiation and then like the I mean, you come too hard and you're dead, like literally.
0: Yeah, I you mean, don't control
1: yourself. That's how you fuck up. So it's like really wild. If I just to wanted me, to talk about
0: that, as a, I don't know, to me as a spiritual person, I feel like I also understand the whole exorciation thing. Not that I'm into it personally, um, because you know, number one you know they call orgasms like you know the little death the teeth more so to me it's it's interesting that people are into something like that where it's like you're teetering on like a true death
1: (laughs) um it's wild and it brings me back to bojack with corduroy jackson jackson who you know famously killed himself that way in the show and it seemed really far-fetched at the time but as I've gotten older and things have gotten darker,
0: huh?
1: Not really why? that far
0: fetched. No. And again, because I bring everything back to Astro, because this is what we do. They're both eighth house things. So it makes sense. And now you start to understand why sex and death are ruled in kind of the same house and manner. Because they are very close to each other. (sighs) Interesting.
1: It is. I had just been looking on like the dark web about that stuff maybe two weeks ago. Yeah.
0: Really
1: sick. Because in terms
0: of like dark fetishes, I I would agree. I think those are probably the two top tier ones. I just feel like I'm too embarrassed to ever experience. I don't want to go out like that. I don't want to accidentally kill myself jerking off. Like that's just like not like my thing.
1: No, like not in particular.
0: <laughs>
1: I don't like to dance with death in that way.
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that is not- There's a name. lot of privilege that comes with dancing with death in that way. And, and white so, males. Right I hate to say and that. I'm that always slandering me. white males, I'm sorry.
0: I don't care. I feel like that brings me to another. That's an interesting point, though. Who are the people that are into this? Is there a specific group, or is it kind of widespread? Obviously, I would, from what when I, I was know, doing it's my research on men.
1: it, it seemed like a hetero, uh, um, upper class hetero white male, or at least hetero facing white male thing to do.
0: Mm-hmm. And why is that? You know, like people that are growing up in these areas where there's either like it's a war zone whether declared nationally or not you know these are not the people that are doing this like they've lived their whole lives in that kind of fear and that fright so it's like if everybody was able to live a nice upper crust life safe life would more people be into it you know it's one of those things that has me questioning it but um yeah I've just, I've never heard of women being into it, fictional or non-fictional. Not to say that obviously they can't be. And I've never seen anybody other than white men being uh, depicted doing it. Yeah. Interesting. You know, food for thought. Food for thought. So, I mean, Rock Davies. (laughs) is he as dark as gunplay and auto erotic association is he as dark as euphoria's pedophilia low-key i don't know we'll leave that for you to decide um and that's crazy because
1: we know he'll slap some woman in a minute
0: we know he'll slap somebody in a minute but
1: in the grand scheme i guess that's
0: minimal are there darker things out there
1: yeah that's that's happening
0: you know and so um obviously well I'll put a trigger warning at the beginning of this episode because clearly you know we, I we felt us veering
1: into day class day territory I, I mean it is what it is
0: no we definitely did but you know Still be sorry, like I, yeah like you might click on this thing and I'm going to do a light talk of and Shea
1: it wasn't it wasn't
0: I'm warned but in our event that's where we are let us know your thoughts as always on Instagram or Twitter and I think that's it
1: I wanted to leave let's leave on a positive note. Mm-hmm. <laughs> let's bring it up for the people that are still here. And to bring it back to VPR, I just was thinking to myself, you know when Kristen um and Carter broke up and she was moving and she had a box of dildos <laughs> that belonged to her and Carter, like their relationship. And I was just wondering. <laughs> Which orifice are we putting those dildos in? Like where do you think those dildos went? I just wanted to hear that.
0: Um definitely. I mean, honestly, I automatically thought a a butthole, but both hers or his or both? Both.
1: Cool.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: I love the idea of them needing dildos for like uh to perform a faux DP scenario on Kristen where he's in
0: her butt is what I'm thinking too.
1: Okay, I would in the dildo,
0: yeah, yeah, for sure. Is in the
1: vagina or
0: it's like a you know maybe to start maybe to warm
1: her up. He does it reverse and switches. I don't know.
0: I don't think she needs to warm up. I think Kristen's been wide open. Yeah. Mm. And I'm not saying that by like number of people she's been linked to. That's not how that works. I'm just saying she just seems like somebody who is.
1: I mean, but even the porn girls need to
0: warm up, you know? Always prepped and primed and ready to go.
1: Hmm. Okay. Just wanted to end on that note.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, y'all adios until next time
1: next time um, we'll have a guest and next time we'll be talking housewives divorces
0: absolutely and like i've already said and i'm committing to it trey songs deep dive definitely coming up because there's just a lot of things unfolding and coming out and (sighs) let's just say we have to all prepare to stop listening to his music if you haven't already (laughs)
1: yeah there's a washed up r&b series coming to feature quite a few creepy characters and <laughs> i can't wait all
0: right adios adios Okay, oh, yeah. whoa look they can never keep
1: me down i'm going and if i ever fail just snow, i'll go again i never quit because i know that every loss may lead to another win. i'm going up